Do your kids understand what patriotism is or why it's even a benefit to civil society? How much does your ethnic background, your social status, your economic circumstances, or ancestral history affect your family's attitude toward American patriotism? With more and more people considering socialism as the solution to our nation's problems these days, what will American patriotism look like just a few years down the road? Can American patriotism and socialism coexist? Well, that's a big question that impacts what we believe both politically and socially, and more importantly, how we need to guide our kids as they shape their own moral, political, and social views. And we're going to look into that today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent. Our host is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for troubled teens. I'm Rich Rosel, and, you know, Trace, it has been said that one man's patriot is another man's rebel. Yeah. In fact, if we look back in church history, I know Martin Luther was considered a rebel or a heretic from the vantage point of the Orthodox and Catholic churches. Mm -hmm. But from the standpoint of Protestants, he was a liberator. In American history, and I know you and I have talked about this, even though we now look back on our own founding fathers as heroes and as patriots, well, those who liked their colonial way of life, those loyal to the crown, saw the founding fathers as being about to upend everything they'd worked for as colonists. They and England called them rebels. Mm -hmm. uh, as you were raising your own kids here in America, how did you approach that? What did you teach your kids about being patriotic? Well, you know me, Rich. I'm a pretty loyal guy, but I also talk a lot about the, the dangers of being too subjective about things, especially when it comes to God and his word and moral right and wrong. Uh, but when it comes to patriotism, I think there actually might be a subjective element that we we, we have to consider and, and teach our kids to consider when, when broaching this subject. Okay. Uh, I think you, uh, you can still disagree with, with something your country's doing and maybe even refuse to comply with what your country's doing and still be a patriot. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but, but you, you, know, you mentioned socialism in the opening, and, and that's a fundamental change in the very nature and, and, uh, and structure of this nation. Uh, uh, everything we were... We were founded upon it. It, it just wasn't it. And, I, and I'll have to ask today's guest, but I, I'd have a little trouble reconciling someone as a patriot to America when that same someone is trying to change the very form of government that makes America America. Uh, and whether you believe America is a democracy, a republic, or, or a de democratic republic, or whatever, the prosperity of our nation was never birthed out of socialism. It wasn't socialism that fueled our early American patriots to fight and die for their posterity's sake. And mm. it, it wasn't socialism that made America an exceptional nation or a world superpower. Uh, but those same early American patriots were actually rebels in the eyes of those fighting for, uh, for the mother country of England. Yeah. The same was true in the American Civil War. So I think your point that one man's patriot is another man's rebel is well taken. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to talking with today's guest uh, to, to help us get that all sorted out because as our nation becomes more diverse, uh, today's kids are, are, are buying the idea that a, a diverse nation is automatically a strong and good nation. But as we've said before, uh, just the opposite may be true because the logical end of diversity is really chaos unless there's unity in that diversity. Mm. Uh, then you've got a strength that can't be matched, and that's what we need to be teaching our kids. The key is what exactly are we going to use 
to unify us. I think In God We Trust was a good one for a long time. Oh, absolutely, and it still is. Mm -hmm. Trace, let me bring today's guest into our conversation. Few people can think of a more American pastime than watching football, and yet I might point out that it's within some of the football games in recent years that we've seen the question of American patriotism raised by those who, you know, began taking the knee when the American flag was flown and the national anthem was sung. But today's guest is himself, a former professional football player. Um, He got past a lot of adversity, uh, not only to play the game, but to distinguish himself in doing so. His name is Burgess Owens. He spent his childhood growing up in the Deep South during a time when barriers of segregation were being torn down. He was the third black American to be offered a football scholarship to the University of Miami, where he earned his bachelor's degree, incidentally, in biology and chemistry, and simultaneously gained national recognition as the first-team All-American defensive back. Now, during his college career, Burgess was inducted into the Hall of Fame of Outstanding College Athletes of America and later into the University of Miami's Hall of Fame and the Orange Bowl Ring of Honor. From 1973 to 1982, Burgess played for the New York Jets and the Oakland Raiders. He was part of the Raiders' 1980 championship team. But since retiring from the NFL, Burgess has turned his sights elsewhere, getting involved in corporate America and in entrepreneurial arenas. Over the last decade, he has traveled throughout the country, though, speaking of intrinsic principles of freedom that underlie the foundation of our American way of life. He's also the author of several books, including Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. <laughs> I like that. It's all about team, and most recently, Why I Stand, From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. Well, Burgess, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thank you. First of all, uh, thank you for writing this book. I mean, it's a deep and honest look into things that I really believe can can help heal a lot of wounds in this country and, and help unite Americans of all backgrounds. Uh, I really commend you for the for the uh, for writing it, and, and it it could definitely help a lot of parents help their kids better understand that despite their troubled upbringings, America really is a, a nation worthy of our patriotism. Uh, can I assume that 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 was at least part of your intent in writing this book? It really is. You nailed it. As you guys were talking earlier about what patriotism is, it really comes down to, to one thing that has separated us from every other concept of a country, of a society, in the history of mankind. Uh, we have a love for God that mm-hmm. started from the very beginning, uh, started from the very minute the, the pilgrims put, uh, put their feet on the, uh, Plymouth Rock. They did the Mayflower Compact. And you go throughout history, it's all about love for God. Because once you love Him, we turn that love into serving each other. Uh, we are the most diverse country and most uh, progressive in terms of, of people's opportunities and the idea of concept of freedom and vision for the future because we've learned over time. We do this better than any, any other country. We learn to look at each other from inside out, not outside in. Mm-hmm. That's what God looks at us because yeah. we're his kids. Yeah. The fight we have, and this is what parents really need to understand. This is not something that's just happened in the last eight years. This has been a fight from the very beginning. The Judeo-Christian values that our country is built upon, the idea that there's a God in heaven that loves every, every one of us, that we follow his, his rules and commandments, we'll be blessed. Not that we'll be protected from hard times. We'll be blessed in the end because we recognize that we're special, that everything that happens to us is, is on purpose, the perfect plan to grow, to become better people, to become a better country, a better society. That's who we are. That ideology, that, that concept has been at war against socialists, Marxists, and atheists in the very beginning. That's mm-hmm. been our fight. And it's our fight today, and unfortunately... Being the cowards that they are, uh, they will never, ever stand up and fight against us through conversations and through the idea of freedom of thought. 
They want to intertwine themselves into our society in ways that they're very safe. Academia, entertainment, news, and in that way, they propagandize our, our people to begin to believe that things like socialism, anti-God ideology, mm-hmm. actually work. In order to look at our history, we find it never has worked, never right. will. Yeah, but you mentioned, you know, our, the faith of our fathers. Uh, you know, recently we celebrated the 75th anniversary of the invasion of Normandy. And uh, when, you, when you look uh, above those bluffs at, at all those graves, thousands of graves, brother, those are crosses there. You know, I mean, there's, there's a few stars of David. Uh, there are no uh, Islamic symbols. I and mean, these are crosses. And uh, it, it really reminded me of, um, you know, our Christian roots. You say Judeo-Christian. Yeah, that's true. But boy, largely Christian roots. Uh, and uh, I, I, I just, I mourn the fact that uh, those guys uh, fought and died over there in Normandy uh, for the freedom of, uh, of today's generation to do what they want as opposed to do what they ought. Now, your book is, is not a children's book, but I think every young person in America ought to digest its content. Uh, what would you say to parents that would, would encourage them to give this book the time and attention that you and I believe it deserves? Well, the first thing is that in order for us to really move our country forward, give our kids the best opportunity as possible, we need to learn our history. You know, Mark, Karl Marx, the socialist, uh, said very simply, the first battleground is rewriting our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, t- you take away our history, you steal pride and past, appreciation for the present, and vision for our future. And that's what they've done a very good job of. Um, I, was, I, I, I was blessed. I was very fortunate to grow up in the Deep South. You just mentioned that. Segregated South, days of Jim Crow, KKK. But within the environment that I grew up in, this little community, it was extremely successful. Basically, and this is part of history that the, that the other side does not want us to hear, that whoever comes to this country, I don't care how they got here, when they got here, if given the opportunity of freedom, opportunity, and the ability to dream, they will experience the American way. And that's what my, my race did. Um, we were, and a little history that, that people don't know about, and this is, this is on purpose, by the way, mm. the 40s and 50s and 60s, the segregated community of America, black Americans who believed in God, believed in entrepreneurship, loved our country, sent their, 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 their sons to war, and they came back uh, so proud of who they were, <laughs> led our country in terms of the growth of the middle class, led our country in terms of men committed to marriage over 7%, Amen. led our country in terms of the percentage of uh, entrepreneurs over 40%, and the men matriculated from college. Because we believe this country was, was the great country that was given us opportunity. And my dad taught me just by watching him. He was yeah. always proud of his services uh, to the Army, uh, to the World War II. We were taught in my little community when I went to, went to school and I helped raise the flag that it would never touch the ground because it would be desecrated. Right, right. I was taught about the history of, of those black uh, soldiers in the Civil War that left the North to go fight in the South for the freedom of their race. Mm-hmm. These are things that we've not been trained to think. And if we're going to win our, our fight, Yes, we are dealing with, deal, deal with issues every single day. We, we turn on the TV, we look at our phones, and we see all the stuff's going on. At the bottom line, though, we don't get back our history. We would not give our kids the chance to know these great men who just talked about. So the young tw- 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who, who, who did remarkable things, and now we're having trouble finding the same kind of kids today because they don't know about them. They don't right. know how great our past was and these, the courageous people these people were. It's not that they didn't have fear. It's just they had such a love for country, God, and their families that they were willing to, to, to fight through that fear, to go out and fight the enemy. And we here have here the greatest freedom ever because of what they did. That's exactly right. And, and you know, 
uh, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the overcoming of, of fear. And uh, exactly. that's what those men did when they climbed those bluffs at Normandy. Uh, what does it actually mean to be an American patriot? Yeah, that's interesting. I was kind of thinking about this the other day. Um, uh, what I was trained uh, to do as I was growing up, when I left Tallahassee to go to University of Miami, not super confident that I was going to be a football player, but I knew two things for sure. I wanted my mom proud, and I wanted my dad to know that I was uh, I would never uh, sully his name. And I did that because we were taught about God. But I knew that they didn't see me, but God did. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what patriotism comes down, it, comes, it starts off with a belief and understanding that God in heaven that loves us, that cares about each and every one of us, that drills down to the family unit. The family is, is such that we learn things like service. We learn that a name is important. That we'll never do anything that will diminish or sully that name. We learn about respect for women. Very, this is all part of patriotism, by the way. Mm -hmm. We have a country that, that has done better in respecting the women, womanhood than any other country because that's what men do. It, right. it, it, without without the respect of women, we will never ever be true men. Yeah. So you, you sell that down to that piece of it, and then it comes down to recognizing as God serves that we literally do learn and in time to see past every kind of difference we have. We see inside out, not outside in. We see the character and soul of our, of our heart, and we become those kind of people that love others because they share that that common bond that we have a country that we care for, that we want them to make better. We have kids, so we have a future for them. That, that, so it's kind of a, it's a mix of a lot of different things, but it starts from God, it ends up the service of, individual service of other people. And in between that, we become um, a better parents, uh, better children, we become better citizens, uh, and, and more importantly, uh, we, we can sit down and have conversations, and even when we disagree, we can agree to disagree because we have that common theme of love of God and country and family. And if we have that, then it doesn't matter how we're coming at questions and, and, and concerns, we'll find the best way because we have the, the same end game. Yeah. We're talking today with Super Bowl champ Burgess Owens, author of the book Why I Stand, From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. That's available wherever you buy your books. And you can find out more about Burgess's organization when you go to his website, BurgessOwens.com. This is Licensed to Parent, back with some closing thoughts from our guest Burgess Owens and our host Trace Embry right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program 
where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us and all of our past conversations online at LicensedToParent.org. And we're talking today with Burgess Owens, former Super Bowl champ and also author of a book we love this title, Why I Stand, From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. Uh, you can find that and more about Burgess's organization on his website, BurgessOwens.com. Can Trace, you were during the break bringing up the issue of where our divide in this nation actually lies. Yeah, Burgess, our, our nation is certainly divided in, in many ways, but I'm not buying uh, the idea that our, our division is, as some would have us believe, uh, largely along racial lines anymore. Uh, why are so many people trying to convince the masses that we, we have a preeminent racial problem in America today? And, and could this actually fuel racial tensions in our kids that were never there before? Here's what we're, we're dealing with, guys, and it, it's actually uh, our country has become better and better at getting past the, 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 the division or the separation of who we are based on experience. But we do have a problem. It's called elitist. The one thing about socialists, socialists, and they come in all colors, by the way, the, 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 the most dangerous group of people to the black community as not white supremacists is black elitists. Mm. It's those who live the American dream, those who are socialists, and, and they see themselves as a different class of people. They see themselves, it's based on eugenics. They see that they, they talk of, they look at the, the black race, those who are not up to their, their par, as being substandard. So they don't mind pushing for abortion because, it's, it's, in other words, it's, it's those lower class people that are aborted. Mm-hmm. And that's why in Georgia, uh, John Lewis, you find the highest abortion is in the black community that's run by him, in the poor community. That's where 80% of these abortions are places to set up, by the way. So, so understand it's an ideology that we're fighting. That ideology loves to separate, it loves to put people down, it loves to divide us. Uh, somebody mentioned, and one of you guys mentioned earlier, it's all about our country is one of harmony. The more, the more harmonious we are, the stronger we are. And that's why whenever we've been attacked, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, you name it, yeah. we come together with people, there's no force can beat us, that's period. Right. That's what we're dealing with. Understand, across the board, the elitist that's going to try to separate us. We do understand that that's, uh, that's our real fight, not, mm-hmm. not each other. No, you're exactly right. Uh, but is it fair to say that African-Americans have legitimate reasons for not loving America as much as people from other ethnic backgrounds, particularly European-Americans? Uh, and how, do, how did you keep your attitude from being embittered toward America as a, as a young black man growing up in the South? Well, simple, simple. I, I learned my history. Listen, <laughs> I, you know, you learn your history. Yeah, there you go. You, you learn your history. I don't care who you came from, who you are. You learn your history, you become proud of it. My great-great-grandfather, Silas Burgess, thank goodness I know my history, came here in the, in the Bellevue Slave Ship and was sold in an auction block in, in Charleston, South Carolina. was born from about eight years old. Mm. Thank goodness was helped through the Underground Railroad, the Southern Route, black and white, I mean, white, uh, German-Americans and, and Hispanic-Americans through the 
Southern Railroad of American, uh, the Center, uh, Underground Railroad, made its way out to Texas, became a very successful entrepreneur, paid off 101 acres of land within two years in cash, was able to build the first black elementary, the first black uh, church, to build its community. That is the, the American way. The very first martyr for the cause of freedom was Christmas Addis, a black man. We go through our history, and we have participated and, and not only participated given this country, we've gotten from this country. There's no people in, in anywhere around the world that lives better than Americans. And I don't care what color they are, and that's including mm-hmm. black Americans. I'm thankful of those folks who came across the oceans the way they did and survived and made it work. Because I, I'm glad I'm not an African. I'm an American. Amen, first, period. Amen. I have to be a black American, which was just gives me an idea, a, a, a very special heritage. And it's a heritage that I know and I'm very proud of. And I can say this, if, if black Americans were to understand their history and realize that for the first part of the 1900s, we were kicking butt. Mm-hmm. We were doing things in a way that every American does, and then we got undermined by the leftists, yeah. by the elitists. And uh, that's what hurt us. If we learned that lesson, we'll get our country back and go. We should all be proud of, of the, the price that our, our ancestors paid for us to have the freedom we have today. Yeah, you know, it seems like there's, there's always corruption in, in every government, and it seems like uh, uh, politics is the... Um the main motivator for, for a lot of that stuff. But uh, uh, how would you advise parents to respond to their kids when they come home from school, believing that today's white Americans owe today's black Americans compensation for the in- injustices that may or may not have occurred between their ancestors? Well, uh, if, if parents have to really understand that we are in a, in a war today, uh, the, the, the way we sent our kids off, the way we went to school in the, in the old days of kind of being just very naive and going out to have a good time learning what our country is all about, those days are gone. We have to recognize when we send our kids out, they're going to be, they're going to be propagandized, yeah. either in a good way or a bad way. They get the message that our country is a great place, but they can go there and find out they come back hating our country, hating each other. So parents have to be really diligent. We cannot any longer send our kids away to become our, our Marxists and, 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 and atheists. If you're doing that, know that when they come back, the product will be a bad one and one will be impactful for your future and your, your generation for, for a long time. So be aware of the places we send our kids to be educated. Do not buy into just sending them to your alma mater because you love the football team or you love the flag or you love the memories. We need to invest in our kids so they're learning the American way. Learn our history, get around people, learn how to serve. That's a big one. Learn mm-hmm. how to serve and have the courage to stand up for what's right. Have that courage to be the person that says, yes, I'm okay with the fact that we don't agree. We, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. But have the courage to fight for, for what, is, what is right. Well, you sound like a very grateful individual. And we know uh, from science that gratitude is actually very good for the brain and a person's disposition. How can a single mom, and there are a lot of them today, uh, bring her son or daughter to a place of being more grateful for the nation he or she lives in, despite our nation's checkered past? Yeah, but if I could say the one thing that parents can give the gift, the greatest gift that a parent can give their, their, their kids, uh, that will take them through anything they go through, no matter, because we're all going to have tough times. Teach your kids to love God. Yeah. Teach your kids that there's a God in heaven, that our, our Christian-based country is one that's very unique, and then show them by your service how to serve others. Take your mm-hmm. kids out and have them go out hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart, serve others. If you can do that, teach the love of service, Teach the love of God. I can promise you, no matter what your kids are going through, they're going to come through it okay. Because they're going to become eternal optimists. And that's basically what eternal optimists is. Some kind of way, it's going to work out. Because God says a person has a perfect plan. And it doesn't matter how we worship them, as long as we do. And mm-hmm. we put our lives 
and to making sure that we love other people. So that's what the love of God is, is loving others. Amen. We do that, we win our country back. No matter what the politics are, no matter who's in, who's in office, we'll win in that, in that regard. Uh, so a dad and a son are watching a football game on TV between the 49ers and the Bears. Uh, rather than standing out of respect for the flag and, and nation, you know, many uh, of the players take a knee when the national anthem is playing. Uh, what does that dad say to his son, especially when the sports commentators might be making arguments to justify the player's position? Well, first of all, understand those players that are not standing don't have dads. 70% of those kids don't have dads. They're growing up in a community that uh, they, don't, they don't say a prayer. They never pledge the flag because they're brought, they're brought up by socialist Marxist and atheists. So they understand that's their environment, and they're doing the best they can with what they're being propagandized to believe. Right. But dads who are sitting there at home, do what it's tough to do. How about just how about say, you know what, young man, uh, son, you know how much I love this game, but I want to show you what men do when people disrespect our flag. Turn that TV off. Don't watch that game. <laughs> show your son how it works by actual feeling the emotions to go through principle. Mm. The principle is not about convenience, something you just love to do at the time. It's about doing the right thing at the right time as an example for your kids. And if you do that, your son will, I know your daughter will understand that really does believe in something here. And that's mm-hmm. what it's to touch our kids once again. Turn off those messages, period, that, that are anti-American. We don't need to bring them, put them in our brain anymore. Wow. And we have a way of doing that to them all. Because more is caught than taught. Yeah, yeah, can, I, can I share this with you guys real quick? Sure. The book in Washington, uh, an all-time hero, another person that's been washed away from history, one of the greatest Americans in our history, started out as a slave in 1885, started the Tuskegee Institution. By 1905, that little college down in, in the Tuskegee, Alabama, that was also, by the way, supported by white Americans, former Civil War uh, Confederates. But by 18, 1905, that little college was producing more self-made millionaires than Harvard, Yale, and Princeton combined. Wow, Because of these that. four things, called the 4-H. He believes in head, heart, hands, and home. The head is education. The heart is compassion, Christian compassion. The hands is industry, getting out and working with your hands and building a business in the homeless family. So you put those four together, and that's what my, my organization is, is second chance, the number four, youth. We give back the head, heart, hands, and home. We want our country back. We want our families back. I don't care what color we are. We'll all be impacted. It's all culture. We do that, and everybody wins because that's the American way. Amen. Well, I think we've heard a winning game plan today, and that from a former Super Bowl champ, Burgess Owens. Uh, He's author of the books Liberalism, or I love the title, How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps. Uh, It's All About Team is another book, and the one that we were talking about for much of today's program, Why I Stand, From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. Those are available wherever you buy your books. Also, you can learn more about Burgess and his uh, youth mentoring program, Second Chance for Youth, at BurgessOwens.com. Burgess, thank you so much for giving your time to us today. Trace and Rick, let's do it again, buddy. Seriously, I, I enjoy talking to you. I love your mission. I want to do anything I can do to help you guys out also. Uh, let's, let's just let's have as many conversations as we need to be able to get folks to understand uh, in the day we're going to win this thing. Let's sure. do it because i got enough material to ask you questions for two more programs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But for now, we'll cut you loose. Thanks so much. God bless you, brother. A real Thank pleasure. you. 
And that does wrap up today's program. We've ended the fourth quarter on a good note, I think. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. That's where you can hear our past conversations about a variety of topics vital to intentional parenting. You can also read Trace's blog and learn more about the work we do at Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long residential program for teens in crisis located in beautiful Northeast Georgia. By the way, while you're on the site, would you consider becoming one of our ministry partners? Your financial support in any amount helps further the work we do with troubled teens and helps the outreach of licensed to parent to moms and dads working hard to keep their kids from becoming troubled teens. Your donations are tax deductible and you can give securely when you click on the donate button at the top of the page at licensedtoparent.org. Our guest coordinator on the program is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trey Sembry, I'm Rich Rosel. Thanks for listening, and please plan to be with us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.